When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Dustin Hawkinsmith. Welcome into another edition of the Blue White Breakdown. That's Bob Flounders and I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. Our, our twin series, our ginger twin series. We were trying to remember, Bob, and I played this game with Johnny also a couple weeks ago. When was the last time that you and I got together on a podcast? And it has been quite a while that we've deprived people of this delicious <laughs> treat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I think, I don't know how Johnny feels about this, but I consider Johnny to be almost a borderline ginger. He's not quite there, but it's almost like there's three of us at least now, and it's and you're in good company. But other than you know, I know I saw I spent some time with you during the latter stages of the wrestling season. Um, I know we did a couple of podcasts within, within the last calendar year, but you're right; it has been it's been too long, Dustin. And I think I think you're jumping on here at a pretty good time. We were talking before we started the podcast that you know usually middle of June, it's like. Uh, what do you want to talk about? No, I don't know. What do you, what do we, what, what can we talk about now? It's like, that's, we, we can't get it all in one, uh, podcast, not in one 25 minute podcast. And I, it's a great thing for the fan base. Uh, and it's all, it's literally all positive news. I think mostly positive news for Penn state football. And, you know, recruiting is off the charts right now at Penn state. I can't ever remember a time in my time on the beat, which dates back a long time, early 2000s, where it was this crazy in June, James Franklin and his staff are doing a great job just looking at the present, but also the future. Um, but I thought, Dustin, you know, before we get into that, I, th- I think the fans are pretty excited about a certain quarterback, a future lion, hopefully, that just really excelled, stood out. Uh, during the Elite 11 camp against some really good competition. And it's hard to do that. And I think it's particularly hard to do that when you have more of like a well-rounded game. You don't have anything that screams at people, whether that's like your running ability or like Drew Aller with his huge frame. Ethan Grunkemeyer does not have those things, but he really... Uh, made a name for himself out there. And I think he was a guy who was maybe starting to make some cases for a fourth star. Um, but he certainly looks like the next guy that Penn State has evaluated early, gotten on board early, and then seen his stock rise. I think he's on the on the cusp of doing that. He made the Elite 11 finals. He, ma- he made the final Elite 11. I can't remember anybody who else who did that? I, I'd have to look back and, and see, but I think Hackenberg had to have been part of that elite. But you're right; it's 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 been a little bit. 
Yeah. And, you know, Grunkemeyer was not a big name coming in. Uh, he's going up against the four and five stars of the world. And I think he very much held his own. I I watched a couple of those clips floating around on Twitter, just, you know, his deep ball accuracy, how how easily he seems to push the ball down the field, which I always, all roads seem to lead back to some kind of Sean Clifford disrespect. I don't mean in that way, but between Aller and a kid like Grunkemeyer, it's nice to see getting the, the ball downfield with ease because that has not been an easy thing the last few years. Yeah, for me, the tip-off was the immediate offer when he was up at Penn State as a three-star. And then he was still a three-star when he was invited to the Elite 11 camps. And I'm going, like, there's going to be a change real soon if he just performs the way that he did in front of uh, Penn State at that camp. Because you don't see very many three-stars getting Elite 11 invites. And he must have just been lights out. And uh, you are right. James Franklin and his staff, there might be a couple schools that identify promising players that are going to outperform their star rating at the at the present nationally. But there aren't very many. I mean, you could go through the list of some players that they identified early and they were either able to keep them or they lost them because other schools were like, whoa, this kid's really good. So hopefully Penn State can hold on to this kid. But it was. It was, uh, I think it's a really good story. And I also think uh, I was looking at him throw and I think he will, he's going to add some really good weight. I think they list him right around 195, 190, 200. I think by the time he's done on the high school level, he'll probably be creeping in the the low 200s or maybe 210. And he's going to be, because he's going to have to get a little bit bigger, right? To to play uh, for Penn State in the Big Ten. I think he will. He certainly got the frame for it, but um I can't think of the last time like a, a player really made that significant of a rise, uh, a Penn State kid, uh, whether it was at a Penn State camp or at Elite 11. But he showed he belonged. And that's a great sign because he was not intimidated. He wasn't rattled. He had the number one prospect, Rayola, who's going to Georgia. You know, he's throwing he's throwing and that guy's that guy's there. He wasn't scared, Dustin. And that that's the sign you want to look for. Penn State. Penn State's had another uh, pretty pretty well-known three-star quarterback that was never scared in Trace McSorley. Ethan's a little bit different of a quarterback, but that's what you want to see from a kid who, you know, really has not opened any eyes nationally yet. Yeah, and I think that's a good point in terms of how a kid competes in that setting. And he did he did compete at a high level. He did compete smooth. He looked he looked comfortable, which is which is a good thing. A couple of things that kind of jump out to me is I think if you're following along with Penn State recruiting, you're looking cycle by cycle at like say, okay, when is uh, Drew Aller's successor coming on board? <laughs> When, when, when are, are they going to get another five star? You know, and if so, what's the what's the right timing for that? As far as him exhausting his eligibility and making sure that you you're covered, I don't think a lot of people were all that excited about Grunkemeyer, uh, but he looks like he, he's he's very much a candidate for that. You know, I, and I think it's safe to say that you know between Aller and Grunkemeyer, two kids who are from Ohio, Yursich seems to be able to lock in on who he likes why he likes them, and he's generally been kind of right ab- about that. And I think those two guys both soared through the summer months in their recruiting front. And I think Justin Fields was another one, obviously before Mike Yersich arrived, but he was another one who was not all that highly touted before Penn State came in. I think you know Re- Penn State's reputation precedes it on the recruiting front with these services who, if they offer and a kid commits – 
they almost always seem to get a bump. And another one, by the way, who was at the Elite 11 finals catching passes was Luke Reynolds, the tight end from uh, from New England, who now I think 24-7 sports, he was a middle three-star. He wasn't an upper three-star when, when he committed. I think 24-7 sports has him as a top 100 player in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to cover our bases, Dustin. Uh, if there's any Bo Prabula uh, family members or our fans uh, of Bo, and I know that Penn State's got plenty of them on the staff. We won't discount him. He's made some pretty big strides since getting on Penn State's campus. He completely looks he looks like a different player physically. I know they like him, um, but we're talking about recruiting and we're talking about he's already in the fold, right? And Drew's he's got, he's got his work cut out for him as long as Drew I think is on campus to see playing time. But if anything, I mean things change in a hurry, but. We're really talking about maybe two, three years down the line. I mean, Bo, I mean, Drew's going to be here through at least the 2024 season, and things are going to change. At some point, Bo is going to force the issue, or he's going to want to play. Um, Will Levis did that. So we're not discounting Bo. We're just saying, though, that uh, Penn State yet again has found a quarterback they really like, and now the rest of the world, the college football world, is kind of catching up to figure out just why they liked him so early. And I'm sure he's going to get a lot of attention between now and the time he actually signs. Yeah, definitely not no discount there, especially when you look at, and the timing works out. Like I think that's one of the benefits of having Aller play right away as a freshman is that now if you're Bo Perbola, you're hanging around and you're thinking I can start for two years uh, if, if all goes to plan. <clears throat> and then the other thing is if, if you got two years on, on somebody like, like Perbola will have on Grunkemeyer, it's really hard to make up that ground. Like it's an open competition, just as Franklin says right now, it's an open competition, but you know, you have to do something pretty spectacular if you're Ethan Grunkemeyer or even if you're Jackson Smollett, who's on the roster right now to unseat Prabola. Like he's, he's in a pretty good position there and definitely no, no discount there. And I think he's another one who, you know, if he didn't love to compete, he wouldn't be at Penn State right now. Like, I think he would have seen the writing on the wall and decided not to. But I think they got a kid who they can develop and who see who recognizes that and will stick around for that shot. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was five star signees at Penn State that, that play quarterback. Don't don't grow on trees. They, they uh, This is I really I think James's first one. He inherited Hackenberg. So had it not been for that, I mean. I mean, Bo would be the starting quarterback this year, and I think they would have tailored the offense around some of the things he can do maybe a little bit better than Drew. And with that defense and with that offensive line and that running game, they would still be very formidable. I I do believe that, and I I do think that if anything would happen to Drew, I think that Penn State would feel pretty confident um, in what Bo can do, especially when it comes to doing things with his legs. This is not a Taquan Roberson situation. In, in other words, it does not feel like one. It does not feel like one. Yeah, and and I think there there's probably some time, and I, I think you probably if he's your number two, you probably have some stuff in mind. You have some stuff uh, in in a playbook ready for Bo Perbola if if he is to step in there. You're going to know right away because you could say, well, they're going to save it for like the big games. No, no, you need to you need to you need to see if he can handle it early in the season, and there's going to be some games. I believe the Delaware uh, fighting Blue Hens come in in week two. Uh, West Virginia is in week one, and their defense is not good. I mean, I would be on the lookout for some of that stuff early in the season because if I'm James and I'm Mike, I want to see how, you know, there, there's there's the speed of the game, all that stuff. Um, I would not wait if we felt good about Bo Prabula to get him in there and see just what he can do to a defense. 
And and the the benefits are twofold there, right? There you can present a different look with Boparbola, so that helps you immediately. You you can justify not a two quarterback system, but some, but bringing him in for a series or two, even when it's still a game, uh, in, in some situations, and you can get some different looks there for the defense. But also, you know, the more real game experience and and reps that he gets in a, in a game, the more comfortable he is if his number is called at some point. So I would expect, uh, again, not a two quarterback system, but some, some packages where you might see Bo, uh, you know, doing, doing some unique things with his legs. And that transfer portal is, is always going to be in the back of the minds of coaches and players. And I think that it's an unsaid thing, right? But that is also a factor in the second half of games where Penn State has uh, fairly comfortable leads. And I think that that's something that maybe the 2016 James Franklin or the 2017 James Franklin, maybe uh, there were some games where Trace McSorley was in there and I'm like, why? Why? Um, But I I do think that will be a factor as well. And anyway, there are a lot of reasons why I think you will see Bo sooner rather than later. And and I think it's it's a good thing. I I, re, I like his temperament and the way that he competes. And he's got he's got some McSorley moxie about him, <laughs> or McGloin moxie, depending on how what, what whatever kind of McMoxie you want. He I think he's got it. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I just really I I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. And I think so is Penn State. I think so are the fans are a little curious about him too because for all the reasons we've listed and. Hopefully, you know, things never go according to script, right? But uh, I think between what they have on the roster now at the top two positions and somebody like uh, Grunkmeyer and who, you know, James is not going to stop recruiting quarterbacks, but the quarterback room is always something that I think, you know, that's that's something they're always looking to improve on a day-by-day basis. If they get a chance, they're going to bring in as many talented kids at that position as they can, because I'll tell you what, the rest of the positions, a lot of those positions, um, they're looking pretty good for the next couple of years at just about every other position. Just one last thing on the recruiting front at quarterback uh, I, I wanted to mention was I think Penn State, they don't often get their plan A quarterback. You know, they, they or they get a commitment and they lose a commitment. And I think I think when you you get a commitment from Ethan Grunkemeyer, there's almost that like plan B exhaustion. But you look at I don't know if you can say Drew Aller was a plan B necessarily, but Will Levis was and Tommy Stevens was um, these these were not the the primary guys they were going after. And I think uh, they've shown that, you know, they're they're clearly their evaluation is good if they're getting their second option or whatever. And they're performing as they are, just as Ethan Grunkemeyer looks like he is, too. Yep. Kudos to Ethan for showing out at a, on, a, on a big stage. And that, other than like a, you know, a, a big a big national college football game, I know they weren't hitting him, but that, that there was a lot of pressure to perform because if he doesn't do well, I mean, you know, in the social media age, it can get nasty out there. And he, he did he, from the very first, you know, very first day, I think he, he really impressed some people. He probably might have if he wasn't the last kid invited on the on the in the pecking order. He was one of the last ones in, you know, it should do wonders for his confidence. And I think it really has the fan base excited. A lot lot of momentum can be generated that that way Um, for for the kid going into his final season for him and the recruiting rankings. And I think just the the energy from the fan base to, to get excited and rally behind this kid, because I don't I don't think a lot of people were prior to this. This is the Blue White Breakdown. 
Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dustin, we are, June's almost out of here. Um, and, you know, July, you know, once July hits, that's, Big 10 media days and, you know, countdown to the first day of camp. So it, it does not feel like it's been 10 or 11 weeks since the blue white game and the end of Penn State spring. But when it's nice out, it always it always flies by. And um, the reason I say that is with with camp set for, I, I think, you know, the first week of August, I know you've been doing some stuff on Penn State's freshman class. I think Johnny McGonigal's been doing some stuff. I have my eye on some guys, but really, as deep as this team is, I'm, there's still some positions up for grabs. There's still some players we haven't seen yet. But I, I do think, despite all the talent on this team, there are going to be, because it happened last year, there's going to be four, five, six players that kind of sneak up on you and maybe even the coaching staff. And by you know by the middle of September, they have some pretty key roles uh, on the team. And I think whether it's injuries or rapid ascension, or whatever, just the quality of the player or the transfer, it's going to be the case again. And I was just wondering if you want you had some guys, uh, whether they're first-year players, second-year players, transfer portal guys. There's a couple obvious candidates, but there's also, I think, in my mind, a couple of not-so-obvious candidates. I think that are really, you know, if Penn State's going to get to where a lot of people think they can get in the fall, these guys are going to have to really uh, play pretty big roles. Yeah. And I think fortunately, you know, there's, there's a bunch of freshmen that played immediate roles last year that you can lean on your Abdul Carter, your Katron Allen's, your Nick Singleton's. And then in the obvious category, I think denied Dennis Sutton is somebody who can have a special, I don't, you know, like I, I think with that three man group, they've got a defensive end. I can't remember certainly under James Franklin, a group that had so much ability to get after the quarterback as as Adisa Isaac, Deny Dennis Sutton, and Chop Robinson. You know, I think they're all pretty complete players, too. They're not just, you know, pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. They're, those are three really good defensive ends. And so, so Dennis Sutton and then, you know, K.J. Winston at, at safety is, is another one who has who, who has behind the scenes a bit last year who could, could make a run at a starting job. The, the freshman linebackers, uh, Tony Rojas and Tamir Robinson, are definitely some guys to watch. You know, I think at, at the tight end spot, it'll be interesting to see who's the third, if that's Khalil Dinkins or, or Andrew Rapelier, the, the freshman coming in. There are definitely some intriguing things. And the, along the obvious lines, I, I want to watch and see. Like James Franklin said, he was excited about his defensive tackles a couple weeks ago. Obviously, they've got some guys who can do some things, and they've got some guys with experience. But can they – Avoid getting bullied by these Big Ten teams that want to bully them. You made like a lot of good points in a row there. I just want to comment on a couple of them. As far as the defensive end room goes, and Deny especially, and Chop, and Adisa, during James's time here, which is, it is his 10th season, it was 2019. I think they had uh, they had Etor Gross Matos, 
They had Jason Owe, Odafe Owe was, was in the, Chaka Tony was in the fold. They had some guys that I don't know that they're quite as polished as what I'm seeing right now, but um, that was a pretty good group. And they're, you know, you know, Sharif Miller, I think might've, might've just moved on, but they had in that 18, 19 window, they had some pretty good defensive ends. But what I think is different this year is the fact that uh, Denai Dennis Sutton might be the newcomer of the year uh, in the Big Ten this year, offense or defense. I consider him a newcomer. I know he played a, a, a lot of football, but he was he was not on the field a lot, I think, for meaningful snaps. And he's, he's a terror right now. He's gotten bigger and stronger. No one could handle him throughout spring. And Penn, I'm talking about, you know, he was when he was working against, you know, they have three pretty good offensive tackles at Penn State, and they all, and you saw it in the blue-white game. It was one guy was not blocking this guy. I think he is really uh, going to be a difference maker. But what I wanted to add was it's also who's coordinating the defense. Manny Diaz, I'm sorry. I know Brent Pry, uh, highly regarded, but this guy's different. Um, he, I think he excels at making, getting the maximum value out of his players, whether it's with exotic schemes, he'll get he'll he'll put people in position to make plays. And I think he thinks outside the box more than Brent did. And I think that's really going to help Penn State's defense. And the other thing I would say is, you know, Abdul Carter, uh, unless I mean, he looks great, but he's 250 pounds and there is a lot of pass rush right there. And I, if, I, if I was Manny Diaz in the spring, he, I, I, I wouldn't talk about it either. But I have to think they 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 gave him some uh, pass rush work and maybe even as a stand up defensive end. So can you imagine if that guy takes a step forward as a blitzer and does some stuff off the edge and all those all four of those guys stay healthy? There's some really terrific defenses nationally, but that that pressure off the edge just from those four players is is crazy to think about. And and I think that's that's the thing, you know, like the, it's a premium thing in football to have a pass rusher or two. And, and as you mentioned with Abdul Carter, there's there's four guys who can get after it. You know, it, it's such a big foundational thing, especially as you're, you know, I think your cornerbacks are fine. Like obviously with Kalen King com- coming in there, but I don't know about the the four, five, six cor- cornerbacks yet, but that can help them a great deal whenever they do have, let's say, some reserves on the field or whatever. Um, and the fact that the linebackers can make so many roaming plays like like Carter can, I mean, this can be a really good group. And I think with Manny Diaz, you know, again, Brent Pride did a, did a great job, but I think Penn State fans are, are were refreshed to see the aggression. And I think to your point, the doing a little bit better job fitting the scheme to the talent as opposed to the talent to the scheme. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, you mentioned the defensive tackles and you're right. And until they actually show they can do it in in a big game, Illinois is on the schedule this year and you can dismiss them all you want. But two years ago, I mean, the guy, the guy that has the rushing record at Beaver stadium, I think Chase Brown, the guy from Illinois, when they ran, they ran all, I know PJ Mustafer had just gotten hurt. But Illinois whomped them pretty good. And they they had they weren't even trying to hide what they were going to try and do to Penn State. They just said, we're going to line up with seven offensive linemen, or we're going to have a quarterback, we're going to have two running backs, and we're going to, you know, and we're just going to run it. You know, you guys want to stop it, you can. They couldn't stop it. They, that was like one of the biggest upsets ever. But the, the thing that I think what could, could be different this year is while those threats are valid, whether it's Illinois or or Michigan or even Ohio State a little bit. 
I think Penn State's balance, and if Penn State can play with a lead against a team like Michigan, you saw what happened in Michigan when they fell behind TCU in the playoff. If they get if they get a lead on you, Ohio State found it out two years in a row. Penn State found it out last year. They're going to gore you to death, and they're going to wear you out, and they don't have to do anything fancy but lean on you. But if you force them to throw the ball and make the quarterback the guy that's got to beat you, I think you're in a much better shape than you are if, you're, if you let those two running backs just wail away on you with that offensive line. That is one way they can actually get the defensive line better is to get a lead and force the other teams maybe to not be able to run the ball. And that's like there's a couple teams there like not every it's very few teams are willing or have the patience to drive 90 yards on 33 plays, (laughs) you know, but Illinois is absolutely in that category. Harbaugh would love that. That's Harbaugh's dream. Yes. And, and so, you know, if, if a team is willing to just take three, four, three, three, four, three and go down the field that way, there's just not many teams and coordinators who, who want to do that. But that, that, I mean, those two teams specifically are the ones that I've, I'm kind of concerned about as far as that goes. But we'll see what the, what the tackles do. Uh, real quick, I just want to give you rapid fire. We're kind of nearing an end here. Any, any other storylines or players that we didn't mention? Omari Evans was another one I wanted to throw out. Omari Evans, by, by far, I think, is a guy that can really be a difference maker if he continues the progress he made late in spring uh, spring camp. He's a guy. Uh, I wanted to say one other thing. I know you were a little bit – you mentioned the corners, right, because Joey Porter Jr. is in the NFL. They have Kalen King back, and he is now project, projected to be – a first round pick, but we're going to pump the brakes on that because we were sure Joey was going in the first round last year, right? So I'm not going to say hot, very, very, very early pick in the draft. I think Johnny Dixon's the player they really like. But what I would say, Dustin, is another telltale Santa. I mentioned at the top of the podcast when James Franklin and his staff identify and offer a kid who's a three star at camp right away, it's a telltale sign this guy's better than people realize. There's a reason why Storm Duck got the hell out of Dodge at the end of spring, right? He was, he was at all, all, ACC corner and James popped him up at the start of camp. James met with everyone at the end of camp and said, I'm very honest with them where they stand. And he's a veteran player. I think James laid it out and said, look, we like our corner room regardless if you're going to be part of it or not. I mean, I don't think it's just Cam. I don't think it's just Cam Miller. I think Elliot Washington who enrolled uh, early, who was a high four star that could play safety or corner. He worked at corner. Um, he worked at corner throughout spring, but I think that corner room, it's already good, but I think they feel, I think internally, they probably feel a lot better about the corner room than I think some people realize. And that's, that's without Joey Porter. Cause I think that's one of the reasons why Storm's like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I don't know if Lamont Payne is part of that discussion, but you know, I, I, I kind of recently rewatched his film and he looks like he's a he's got some pretty good change of direction, feet, hips. I mean, I may, maybe they are very excited about those young guys and maybe those those young guys, they're not afraid to put them out there either. So if if that freshman group has one or two or even three guys that they really like that, that kind of changes the depth chart, changes the game. Yeah, it's all systems go. Uh, uh, like I said, we'll, this is only one of a number of podcasts that we'll be talking about. Who do, who do we who are you really looking at? Because they, I think Penn State knows the coaching staff knows, you know, eighty to eighty five percent of what their killer roster is going to look like. And I do, I do feel like this is his best team. They, I know they won the Big Ten title in sixteen. I know they were right there in seventeen, and that was a really good team. But I think if you look at the depth and you look at every position group, those teams had some holes. Whether it was Trace or Saquon Barkley or Mike Gesicki or Chris Godwin. 
they could cover it up with some splash plays. This team, this team can beat you a lot of different ways, and it's not just not just with offense. It's not just with defense. It actually, if, if they can get if they can get their kicking game together, which it sounds like stupid to say that, but there's not a lot of there is not a lot of areas where if they stay healthy, I think they are going to have uh, problems with. And I I do think this is a year in the Big Ten with a changing quarterback at Ohio State and with Michigan coming into Beaver Stadium. I don't think it gets much more gettable for Penn State's talent this year, the way the schedule lines up. And I, I think August is really going to, if they can put the finishing touches on that final 10%, maybe of the players that are going to help them um, and they can start fast. It's, it's really going to be, I think, a fun year. Final word for me on, on that front is if you think about, okay, you're building a roster, you want premium pass rushers. You would like a premium left tackle, a lockdown cor- cornerback and a five-star quarterback, right? And that's not even getting into, you know, some of the depth and, and stuff like that with the, with the running backs and everything. I mean, they've got some really foundational pieces, some exciting foundational pieces, more so than I think they've had under James Franklin. So I think there's reason to be excited. You always focus on and, and nitpick a bit. and You wonder about the question marks and defensive tackles we talked about. But in the end there, there is a lot of premium talent on this roster, and they're in the right places. Agree 100%, Dusty. I have a funny feeling this isn't the last Blue-White Breakdown podcast we're going to do this summer. I'm looking forward to it. We, guys, We uh, like I said, every week comes something else is coming that's, like, that's good news for Penn State. So stick with us, whether it's Dustin and I, Dustin and Johnny, Johnny and I, Dave Jones and somebody. We're going to be coming at you from all angles, but we, we're going to talk a lot, I think, about what's to come in August. We just... Hit the surface here. There's still a lot more to go between now and August. That's Bob Flanders. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith for the Blue White Breakdown. Be sure to check it out on PennLive.com as well as everywhere you can get your podcast. We'll see you next time. This has been the Blue White Breakdown brought to you by PennLive. Live.